Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. The key to reading and reflecting on scripture is simple, but many of us don't do it right. If you go out to the usccb.org and sign up for those daily readings to come into your inbox, you will receive, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, before the Sunday Mass, there is this beautiful Lexio Divina that's a process of reading scripture and mental prayer or Christian meditation as a result of reading that scripture. But they come up with the questions and they come up with things that you should be contemplating. It might help to start out and read through that and get the gist of what it is. But I'm just going to tell you, it's pretty simple. Slow down. When you're reading the daily readings, and I pray that you are because they should be speaking to you in some way or another, if you're not blowing through them, quickly looking for something to jump out and slap you in the face, which we've all been there, done that. There's no question about it. We've all breezed through our rosaries or have gone into mass or adoration when we're supposed to be filled with reverence and focus and piety. And we're just thinking about our grocery list and who's coming over on Easter and Uncle Joe's coming, watch out. You know, those kinds of things that are life outside environmental circumstances and people that just plop into our minds. But this is why it's important to prepare for prayer. So prepare to read the readings. Reading the readings just for the sake of reading the readings is good when you're just learning the Bible, when you're just kind of trying to figure out what is this thing trying to tell me? How does it even work together? I remember not knowing that the Old Testament was before Jesus and the New Testament was after. I had no idea about typology, which is a foreshadowing in the Old Testament about Jesus fulfilling that prophecy in the New. I mean, I had no clue, no clue that the Old Testament was the Jewish book, right? Ah, and the new book is Christianity, but the whole old and new is part of Christianity. There are some Christian folks out there who like to disregard the Old Testament. And that's not right. And some of them are same-sex attracted because they don't like 
what God said in the Old Testament. And so they have been taught or they have fooled themselves or the evil one has. That's why there are thousands and thousands and thousands of Christian denominations. Why is this? Because everyone is interpreting the Bible on their own. And that's the difference with the Catholic faith. There is help in interpreting the Bible. And you take the whole Bible into context when you do it, not just picking out a phrase and holding that by itself. That's why when you get into apologetics, which is having the capability and ability and the knowledge and the understanding and honestly God's wisdom to understand what the Bible is saying and to be able to hold conversations and discussions, if not debates, with other Christian denominations. So it is very important for us to learn the Bible and to understand what's going on in the Bible. But the real cool part about it is when you're reading scripture, God is speaking directly to you now. You shouldn't be reflecting on it back 2,000 years ago. So like I said, preparation is so important. I've talked so many times about finding that sacred space, that Christ corner, that place that you will pray and you know that you and God, that's your, that's your place. And it doesn't have to be a big place. I have known people who have gone into the bathroom because that's the only place of silence in their home. Others have gone into a walk-in closet. You can have a chair somewhere. My advice is not to lay in bed because I've done that for a long time. And laying in bed just makes me tired or I'll fall asleep while I'm closing my eyes and reflecting and then... You know, I'm snoring before you know it. And yes, I do snore. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. So you start with preparation. Light a candle. Make it a blessed one because guess what happens when you do that? All of the evil spirits run. So you're already preparing yourself for a much less distracted prayer because You've kicked out the spirits that are floating around in the air. And then bless yourself with holy water, holy oil. Grab something in your hand. If you have a cross or a rosary, a crucifix, better yet, that actually has Jesus nailed on it so that you can look at him in detail. You can have a Bible close by. Something Actually, you can read out of the Bible. You can just look at the readings and read out of your own Bible, writing notes and things like that. If that's what you do, I don't, but you can. You don't have to read it off of your phone, especially if your phone is a big distraction. And the minute you, <laughs> you go to your email, you want to flip through social media and go to YouTube and all this other stuff, because that is a definite temptation. Ideally, don't even have the thing in your prayer space. Now, I do everything on my phone. I have an audio Bible. I have the obvious written 
Bible because the audio comes with the written. And I have my daily readings on my phone. I do my podcast on my phone. My whole life is on my phone. So I do have to have that. What's the word? I can't find it in my head. So self-control. I have to have that self-control where I just focus on what is in front of me. And that is me praying to God. So get yourself prepared. Put yourself in a place that you know is for God. And then know that whatever you have in your hand or what you're going to focus on, it could be a picture, could be a statue, could be a little statue of Mary. But anytime your mind goes off to la-la land, which means anything but God, go back and look at that picture, that book, that statue, that painting. Hold on to that rosary. Look down into your hands. Think about Jesus and just pull yourself back. And then when you read, read slowly. Try to really understand, okay, what is going on? You may not be too familiar with the Old Testament to know, okay, where is this coming out of Isaiah? Or, for example, that's the reading today. You may not know all of the context around what you're reading, but you can read those words and allow God to come in. But before you read, this is where we need to pray. Sorry, I want to go back one step. Prayer is a battle that's in the catechism. Prayer is also beautiful. It's a moment to lift your heart and mind to God and to truly open your your whole soul to what he's trying to tell you. So make sure that you ask for the Holy Spirit to help you pray because we don't know how to pray as we ought. So that should be our first thing. God, help me here. (laughs) I need some help. And then when you read slowly, things are going to come into your heart. You're going to kind of be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Or you'll come to a gospel that you've heard a million times and you will have the desire to breeze through it and read through it really fast, but don't. Because I guarantee you, if you read slowly and allow God to touch your heart, he will have something pop out at you and kind of slap you in the face that will be totally new, which is exactly what happened to me today. And I'm going to wrap it up very quickly. But I want you all, especially during this Holy Week, to take the time to understand and to open your heart and to have that knowledge and wisdom pour into you about how Jesus can impact you today. That is what it's about. Because once we find whatever jumps out at us, then that is when we take it into prayer. Lord, wow, what does this mean for me and my life? Why did this come out? And you can just sit And God will put thoughts in your mind. And if those thoughts go to something else or they, you know, are attacking you in some way, cast them out. This is where Satan loves to mess with us. He doesn't want us to be any closer to God. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the spirit of distraction. 
or yawning or tiredness or fatigue or laziness or obsession, depression. All of these spirits, again, get the book Father Ripperger, um, Deliverance Prayers for the Laity by Census Fidelium Press. It will have all the spirits in there. Learn them and know which ones. Harassment is another one. Know which ones that you should have handy. Write them down and cast them out. Then ask the Lord again to fill you with his knowledge, his understanding, his wisdom, his peace, his clarity, 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 clarity. And then out of that time, hopefully God is putting something in your heart and it may not be sensical. That's even a word. It may not make much sense. It may be nonsense. You might be sitting there going, why would you ask me? Like, I'm sure many of you have followed me for a long time and I share my experience with call your mom. It came to me in prayer. It had nothing to do with the readings. There was no mother in the readings. Mother Mary was in the readings. <laughs> but God put on my heart, call your mom. I went to mass, call your mom. After I received Holy Communion, call your mom. When I got out into the narthex, right in the lobby area, that's what they call that, call your mom. So I did. And I didn't want to call my mom because my mom and I get on the phone and it's like an hour, an hour and a half. And I didn't have that much time. So I called her and I said, mom, God just told me to call you. And she was like, well, that's very nice of him. What's going on? And so I explained and she talked me right off of this ledge. I was on the phone with her for maybe 10, 15 minutes and I hung up and I was amazed. So these are some of the things that God may pop into your head, but he also may be challenging you to love people or to truly reflect more on Jesus. And that's what I heard today, especially during this Holy Week. So it was the gospel today. It was at the very end. And this is where Peter was basically saying, where are you going, God? So I'll read it. Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, though you will follow later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, it should really say, Jesus asked, will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. So out of this whole thing, the true question that Jesus asked Peter, Jesus was asking me, will you lay down your life for me? How many, of, how many of us can say resoundingly, yes, I will lay my life down for you. But then when push comes to shove, we can't even speak truth to people that are around us. What makes us think that we are going to be able to give our life to him? Or when push comes to shove, oh, we're going to go ahead and commit that mortal sin. What makes you think that we would possibly be able to lay our life down for him as we commit that sin? Or we allow that vicious behavior to overrule us in our life and we fall into that vice. 
Will you lay down your life for me? Maybe that's a question we need to ponder today and to look at how we're living. Are we living for the audience of one, Jesus Christ? Do we care too much about what people think of us in this world? Are we so weak that we are just going to allow ourselves to continue to be sinful people, mortal and venial, and lack love for ourselves and others and God? Are we going to continue to think that we are okay without prayer in our life, which is pride, the biggest sin ever? Remember, there's not one soul in heaven that has an ounce of pride and not one soul in hell that has an ounce of humility. Will you lay down your life for me? Make that your focus today. As you go through this day, be aware of how many times you deny him, just like Peter. And then the cock crows and Peter's like, holy cow, he he told, <laughs> I mean, I would weep and run too. Will you lay down your life for me? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, you gave us your Son, and we are approaching again his horrific passion. Just this past Sunday, he was the King, Hosanna in the highest. He was coming into Jerusalem humbly on a donkey, but everyone was laying down their palms and their and their blankets and things to pave the way like the red carpet. But Lord, only days later, everyone turns on him, mostly, and crucifies him, puts him through his passion. Would we stand up for him? Would we be there walking with him all the way? Or would we scatter, just like the Old Testament predicted that once the, the, the sheep herder was smacked, the sheep were gone. Help us, Lord, to love Jesus with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our body, so that we can live for the audience of one and defend him and to be witnesses to him because he has no hands and feet but us. He has no tongue or voice but us. In your holy, loving, merciful name, Jesus, we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Will you lay down your life for me? Lord, give us the grace to contemplate this today and to truly love you and to treat everyone in our lives like you've commanded us. Man, what a week. <laughs> what a week. All righty, everyone. I love you all. Go find something more with God, soul, mind, and body. 
and have a blessed and inspired day.